Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is the Personal Finance Show. This is week two of my um, special coming out of sabbatical uh, COVID-19 weekly series. It's just me uh, so far talking to the mic by myself. But I do have the next couple episodes, I'm going to have some people on from around the world uh, just to check in with uh, some of my personal finance people and see how the rest of the world is uh, dealing with all of this. This is a really, I always call it weird. I say it's a weird time because it is weird. We really don't know how to deal with this kind of thing uh, where the whole world economy shuts down. It's not something like a recession you know, for a country or for even you know, the global economy where we can still keep working and do things normally, but maybe a couple of things have changed or uh, our stocks aren't doing so well. It's, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot more going on than that right now. So, you know, why am I doing these podcasts? Why did I decide to start up again? Is I just feel like we need to connect the world. We need to talk about this and we need to see how everyone's coping and handling this kind of thing and everyone's in such a different financial position so let's find out what people are doing and maybe it'll give you some comfort you know the whole uh purpose of having a podcast in the first place for me and share stories so that people can relate people can feel like they're doing the right thing or if they're not doing the right thing they get inspired to do the right thing or find out whatever works for them if somebody's story resonates right that's why that's why there's so much content out there so for me that's what this is for that's you know i'm not coming out to promote anything i don't have sponsors never did uh, quite care for sponsors not something i really wanted to do that's not the uh, the purpose of me doing this it's so that i can help that's why i do everything i want to help people because i got in a little bit of trouble myself back in the day 11 years ago you know i filed a consumer proposal a gambling addiction something that i wouldn't want anyone to have to go through but sometimes we have to go through tough things to come out on the other side and then get perspective right so i'm in the position a very privileged position of having savings having an emergency fund and I also have the ability to work from home so not only do I have income but I have if I didn't have income I would be fine too and I'm only in that position because 11 years ago I figured out that I never wanted to go back into debt and I did everything I could to save and save and save when you don't have that focus, uh, when nobody has that conversation with you or when the thing doesn't happen early, then it's really hard to to start. I I meet with people all week uh, now on video, and people are in completely different positions. Now, they've all filed for insolvency of some kind, a proposal or bankruptcy, but some of them have great income, some of them don't, some of them are able to work from home, some of them are not. Some of them were already struggling to sort of rebuild at least like a basic savings, a basic emergency fund uh, after they filed and they're not quite there yet and then this thing hits and not only do they not have the savings but they do not have a job and any way of getting income. Now hopefully 
for them, benefits from the government will come into play and work for them. That's the whole idea, right? If everybody's in this boat, well, the government's coming in to help. But not everybody qualifies. A specific example would be if you weren't working last year and now you're an entrepreneur working for yourself or a freelancer. Uh, you have to have made money last year because they look at your previous year's income to determine whether you are someone who works. I'm not exactly sure, honestly, if they if they look at current, if it's not just the last calendar year in your tax return. So I wonder, like, if you were if you started working for yourself and you're actually making decent money from January to now, and you can't do that anymore because whatever you're doing for work, for example, maybe working with people, cutting hair, tattoo artists, th those are the examples that kind of come up for me because you have to be in physical contact with people to do those things. Will the government consider you to be eligible for the benefit? I don't want anyone to assume that they're just going to qualify for something. I also don't want you to think that you're not going to. So like, just go and look into it. At least talk to somebody in the government first before you decide that you're not. Uh, if you think you're on uh, on the line as as to whether you qualify, definitely you know look into it. Don't uh, uh, don't go the other way and give up and think that you have no, nothing uh, that you can get. But certain people uh, definitely do not qualify for any benefits, uh, employment insurance or the Canada Emergency Response benefit. And this was posted. Uh, I saw a tweet from uh, Ellen Roseman. It was a really good article about how. There, are, I don't know. I think it's close to a million people, undocumented, uh, foreign workers, uh, other people who uh, maybe have arrived but are in the process of getting their social insurance number. Even they don't have that yet. Uh, other people that don't qualify, like I was talking about before. There's a a lot of people in Canada who don't qualify for any of these things. So I don't know what what do they do, right? There's a lot of talk about emergency funds, and I talked about mine, and I understand that I am in a privileged position. And I'm not here to tell everyone you should have done this or you should have done that. That's definitely not the place I want to be right now. You should have had an emergency fund, everybody's saying on Twitter. And like, what what is the point of saying that kind of thing at this point? You know, great, yeah. Sure, it would be helpful if everybody did, but uh, what if you don't? You can't get one now, so what do you do? You know, in the future, we can talk about this and look back and say, okay, you didn't have one for this, but you made it through. Now let's start figuring out a way to build an emergency fund for yourself. The only two options, and I talk to people about this uh, all day, every day, is making more money or uh, cutting expenses or both. It's a simple concept, but harder to do. Like an example being, my rent is my rent. What am I going to do about that? I've had a bunch of people say that to me. And yeah, you're right. Maybe your rent is not great and you can't cut it down, right? It's taking up a lot of your income. But have you looked into all the other options? Are there options that are pretty uncomfortable for you? Moving in with somebody, asking family if you can stay with them, finding a roommate for yourself, depending on I mean, how you make your money, is moving to another place. There's a lot of places to live in the world. And I know a lot of people want to live near family or they have to. The way that I see it, though, is if you're living 
in a situation where you make less than you need to live, then you can't stay there. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. If you can't make more money where you are and you can't cut your expenses where you are, maybe a different place is where you need to go. The main thing that I'm trying to say is you have to change your life somehow. You can't keep living your life where you make less than your expenses and without changing something. And it's a hard conversation to have because maybe you were fine before. Maybe something's changed just recently and you're like, well, I used to be able to afford all this. Why can't I? And this is just on a regular every day. Like, this isn't during pandemic time. So now we're in a position where we're in a pandemic. Now what are people supposed to do? Again, we can go to, uh, we should have planned for this. We should have planned for something could have happened, right? When something like this happens, not only do you not have income, but you can't go anywhere. You can't move. You can't even go stay with family because you're isolated socially and physically. Basically the law. It's not 100%. You know, you can't leave your house uh, under punishment of of fine, uh, but there are there are things that they are finding you for, like gathering in groups and things like that. It's a bit of a serious situation right now. If you don't have the savings or the emergency fund, there's no point in talking about that, like in terms of sh- trying to shame somebody. So right now, let's r- focus on survival. You pay your rent, you ask your landlord for some deferral or some relief, you get your groceries, and you do what you got to do to just keep afloat. What I hope is that this kind of thing helps us in the future when we're back and everything's sort of normal again and maybe you're paycheck to paycheck again or you just got a little bit of savings but you'd like some more. Then you can really think about the the changes that you need to make. Change is the only way, right? I said this before, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is insanity. That's the definition. I don't know why people expect things to be different and how they expect to get ahead without changing. So we can't do much during the pandemic, but in the future, this is the only way. And and it's hard. Change is hard. But the alternative is not great. It's either going into debt so much over time by going negative negative a little bit every month so that eventually you come into my office and uh, you talk to a trustee and that's your only option is to file for bankruptcy or proposal or you know you try to learn from this kind of thing and make big changes big changes i had to make big changes i was going nowhere being an addiction i had to go and get help then maybe you need help too. There's no harm in exploring these things. But the one thing, if you're in a position, especially right now, where you got no income, you got no benefits, you got no relief, I hope that you can survive this kind of thing. And on the other side of it, when if you get a chance to start again, which hopefully you will and most of us will, you can start fresh and start different. I guess that's the message I'm trying to get across. So I guess that's my uh, PSA on on uh, having money in the bank and why we talk so much about emergency funds is because they're important at times like this. And I also wanted to talk about uh, the reliance on credit 
as an emergency fund, if you rely on credit as an emergency fund, that's not really like a solid contract between you and the bank. They decided to extend credit to you. But if you look at the terms of any line of credit, I just pulled up a random one yesterday online, and there's a lot of clauses in the contract for a line of credit that says the banks can call it on demand. Right? They can they can ask for the money back whenever no matter what the terms are they they're they're in power they get to decide so i want you to be careful if ever in the future or now you're like you know i don't need savings I, i'll just have this th this credit line and if something goes wrong i'll you know just put it on there and then things will get better and then i'll pay it off i mean that's it's great in theory but just so you know, it's not like it's sitting there permanently for you forever. It's not something that the bank gave to you that they can't take back. They can always take it back. Are they likely to take it back? That's a different story. You know, you can you can read a lot of stuff on Twitter about that. Actually, there's a really good conversation on the Debt Free and 30 podcast about that. So I'll put a link in that. That's specifically about uh, home equity lines of credit. But, I mean, the same logic applies to anything, a credit card. They can bring down your limit. They can bring down the limit of a line of credit. They can increase the interest at any time. The one thing that they can't do anything about is the cash that you have. And so, of course, like I've been saying so far, this is all for the future, but I want us to learn. And if you're in a position right now where you do still have income and you are still able to save some at the end of every month, Maybe you have a little bit more because you're not spending money on gas or something like that. This is the time to put more aside. Just just have some perspective and look around and see that some people are not able to uh, pay for anything, let alone save. Uh, I don't know what else can motivate you to do what you need to do to protect yourself in the future, but we're not immune. It's not always going to be pandemics, but things can happen. And so the reliance on credit, you know, that's a, it's a tough one, right? Sometimes we need credit for cars. Sometimes we need credit for mortgages. But to me, a car payment, especially like on a seven-year financing deal or you know, just having to pay regular payments over time, and if you stop paying, there's a penalty. You'll have to take your car back, but also you might have to pay financial penalty. Like that, this is a prison to me. You're trapped. If you needed to pick up and go and go to a place where, you know, you got a job somewhere else or you, you, you want to move to another country or if that comes up somehow or you just don't have any money to pay for things because you lost your job, for example, but you can go stay with your parents uh, to not have to pay rent and, you know, the landlord understands. You go live with the parents, no rent, maybe even help you out with the groceries Parents or family, you know, depending on your age, maybe you can't stay with your parents. Maybe they're coming to stay with you. The bottom line is if you have a car payment during this time or any kind of regular payment, a debt payment, you still got to keep paying those things no matter whether you're working or not. And the only reason I talk about any of this stuff is when you're making a decision in the future about, you know, should I just use this cash that I have or should I save up cash to buy this thing or should I go on payments? This kind of concept of if something happens, 
and I don't have any money, I got to keep making my payments, should help you make the decision that's right for you. At least you'll be informed. You'll know that if something happens, you still got to make your payments. Don't really have much of a choice. And to not have payments is a really great thing. It's a really great feeling. It's a freedom to do whatever you want to do. And I want that for everybody. That's my piece about uh, using credit as an emergency fund. Another thing I'm finding is you know, we're in this new world of video. And I'm realizing that uh, for a lot of people, even if they have smartphones with video on them, it's the first time that they've ever used this video feature. Those of us who've been using video and communicating this way for a while, this is second nature, but it's such a learning curve for everyone. And so what I'm finding is um, I need to, f to have more patience with people, uh, maybe even give them more instruction as to how to do something and not just assume that everyone's able to adapt to this new way of doing things like I am. It's a very different thing if you've been doing something manually or in person for a long time and now you have to do it remotely. It's not as intuitive to everyone as it is, like I've been doing podcast interviews, for example, for the last two years online. And so I've gotten to use things like Zoom. And speaking of Zoom, it's, it's everybody's using it now. And so people are hacking in. I had somebody last week, it wasn't on my side, but they said during our uh, session that they s heard music and then they said, what's that? And somebody responded to them uh, <laughs> and said, it's this song. And they just like freaked out. Um, so people are hacking in on Zoom, so they're doing passwords. So I, I recommend passwords. Of, so, of some kind or doing something to secure your room, especially if you're running into this kind of thing. Um, these are things we never even had to think about before, right? This is, uh, you know, I, I left the house once this week. Uh, I went to go get some takeout. And it wasn't a great experience. You don't know who's got the virus. You don't know how close you should get to somebody or if you get too close to somebody, how paranoid you're being if you go and wash all of your clothes or I don't know it, it's just one of those things where we just don't know enough yet uh, I go on to Twitter all the time and probably too much I don't know I just want to know what's happening I guess I want to know if there's any big developments that I should know about that I should change my behavior uh, to accommodate but you know just like if I go right now it's like 1.2 million cases in the world more than 65,000 people are dead. I don't know if that's good or bad, if that's like the 65,000 uh, dead is low for what they're expecting. I'm hearing that, yes, it could be a lot more. Are these numbers doing anything to help me? Are they making me um, a more productive or better uh, person or husband or father? I mean, I, I should probably check in once a day just if there's anything important, but to just go and see, like, how many cases and deaths are there now, uh, I, you know, I feel like more and more it's just making me crazy. Uh, this is why I want to talk to people around the world, just to talk to people to see how they're doing, to see if everyone else is going crazy a little bit too, because they probably are. You know, maybe talking to a couple people in different countries and different situations... I can uh, learn something 
about you know how to deal with this and maybe if you're listening you can too so that's my update for today so next week i will have somebody i'm not sure who it is yet but uh, one of the three people that i've spoken to so far i don't know how long this is going to go on for but as long as it does um, i want to do this every week and just kind of check in with everybody share my thoughts try to provide information that you didn't have before or just shed some light on it or make you think about certain things and try not to be too judgy about certain situations. We're all, you know, uh, I just did a episode with uh, Rubina Ahmed Hawk, uh, Dear Ruby. We're doing weekly updates too. It's a Dear Ruby, D E A R R U B I dot com, if you want to check that out. And Rubina had a, a tweet that kind of went viral about how we're. We're in this together, but we're not in this together because working from home is uh, not for everybody. If you're on the front lines, you're on the front lines. Uh, grocery stores, healthcare workers, uh, you know, takeout restaurants, that kind of thing. You can't work from home. We're very privileged to be able to do that. So, so check out that episode. Let's just keep talking about it. We're all in different situations. We are in this together and that we're all experiencing the same pandemic, but we all have different lives and different responsibilities. Kids, you could probably just hear my son right now. There is no blanket advice for this. You know, use your emergency fund, use your savings. You know, we just talked about that. It's not a blanket thing. Something to learn for the future. Yes, that's and that's what I wanted to mention today. Something to help motivate you in the future to try to build that. But for now, let's talk about how to survive and maybe uh, we'll learn something from talking to people uh, from other countries. So tune in next week to see who that is and maybe it'll be uh, helpful for you. So see you then.